0: I would never want to pay to go to a men's basketball game at the University of Washington. They're just not good. They're not fun to watch. (laughs) Hi everyone, welcome to Play Like a Girl. It is October 13th. Today, we are going to talk about the schedule for this weekend, as well as the Pittsburgh Penguins visiting Donald Trump's White House, Cam Newton. ESPN's current feud with the University of Washington, and the NBA All-Star Game. So let's just start with going over the schedule. Tonight, volleyball will be playing Oregon State at 7 p.m. Women's soccer will be playing Stanford at Stanford at 8 p.m. On Saturday, football is against Arizona State in Tempe at 7.45, which is one of the things we'll be talking about later. On Sunday, men's soccer is versus Cal at 3 p.m. in Berkeley. I guess let's go right into talking about in my defense. The Pittsburgh Penguins visited the White House as is tradition for teams who win a national championship in professional and college sports in the United States. The difference with them visiting the White House This time, rather than the previous times they and other teams have visited the White House, is the current political debate surrounding the idea of sports teams visiting the White House, which was brought up by Donald Trump when he uninvited Steph Curry and the Warriors from visiting the White House a couple weeks ago. So that's something that has been a major topic of debate, and the day after Steph Curry and the Warriors were like, yeah, we didn't want to go anyway, the Pittsburgh Penguins made an announcement to say that they would continue to visit the White House, and then continued to reiterate multiple times that it was not a political statement that they would be doing so. The morning of visiting the White House, um, Tuesday morning, Mike Sullivan, their coach, said, no one is choosing a side. What I wrote about in my column is how it felt like, while they may not think they're choosing a side, what Donald Trump has done is had made this like a two-sided debate. So there is only with him or against him. And what the Pittsburgh Penguins did is show that they were with Donald Trump, which I felt was damaging to their fans who are not straight white men, which is a growing number of hockey fans today.
1: I also said that visiting the White House could possibly alienate fans because I think that as sports are going on and like they're evolving, I think people are realizing that the players aren't just players, they're people who have like their own ideology. And so in a way they also follow the people who kind of mirror their beliefs or they don't want to follow people who don't have the same beliefs as they have. So I think that saying it's not a political statement, I think everything's inherently political, especially with someone who has been so strong against certain minority groups and I don't know types of people that I think that is going to send a negative message to the people and their fans.
2: So what I was going to say is that being apolitical is inherently privileged and marginalized groups and people of color don't have the option to take a break from politics because it's inherently part of their lives. And who Trump is as a person isn't separate from politics. We shouldn't hold athletes to the standard that they have to separate their job and their profession from politics because politics is intertwined with every facet of our lives.
1: Also, the fact that whether or not they personally align with his beliefs or his ideology, they're going to be tied to it by visiting him. And I think that's a statement in itself.
0: Yeah, and Trump did use the Pittsburgh Penguins visiting to make a statement. He congratulated them for coming uh, well, basically throwing shade at the people who did not come which I mean, he didn't, he like uninvited them. So that's not exactly what happened. But when they visited the White House, they basically consented to being used as a political statement and being used for Donald Trump's own political gain, which is one of the things that I think is the difference between visiting Obama's White House or George Bush's White House or Bill Clinton's White House, is that those presidents didn't, use the sports teams visiting the White House for their own political gain. It was, you know, a celebration of their winning, but they didn't take it and use it for something that would say like, oh, this is why I'm great. And that is something that Donald Trump did. Another thing to note is that there have been people who have protested visiting the White House before. Even in the NHL, Tim Thomas, the Bruins goalie, was not really a fan of Obama because he's very conservative. And so he chose to not visit the White House with the rest of his team. That wasn't something that made a lot of headlines. It wasn't something that has been such a a big deal as it is now. But I feel like it really depends on who's in the White House, how how much of a statement this is. But either way, it is a political move to go visit the White House, because it's a political building.
2: Also, these aren't normal political times. The fact that we have a white supremacist in the White House, things can't continue as though they are normal. So this statement, while it might not have been, are going to, visiting the president in the White House, might not have been as big of a deal in the past. It's a much, makes much more of a statement now than it did before, or it would, or it would in other years or if there was another person in the White House right now.
0: Mm-hmm. And as a um, white majority sport like hockey is, there is under 30 black players in the NHL. It is something that, you know, you have to say, like, they're making a statement to these black players in the NHL, you know, that they don't necessarily agree with their right to, you know, like, live freely in this country and not be afraid of, you know, police brutality, which is what the uh, intention of the the protest during the anthem are about. And so I felt that by visiting the White House, they're saying, like, you know, these players don't matter.
1: I was actually going to ask that. Are there black
0: Players on the on that team. There was last year when they won the Stanley Cup. He he got traded. They did trade for another player, Ryan Reeves, who is black. But since he wasn't on the team when he they won the Stanley Cup, he wasn't invited to the White House along with them. And he said he wouldn't have gone if he had been invited. And he was like, Yeah. Yeah, I think there's always that
1: balance of like, I don't know. We brought this up. I think the last episode that like, if it doesn't directly affect you. Then in a way, like I don't, you don't always see the repercussions or like the consequences or like the effect of the actual, of like what Trump is saying. So I think in a lot of ways, since they don't have that black player or they don't, I don't, don't want to assume, but I'm just saying that I think it's different. That usually there are like the black players, or the people who have been advocating for a certain group that will take that step and not visit him versus like, this group not just going to see the president.
2: And this is also, this could have been an opportunity for the Penguins to make a statement, even if this was a great moment to be an ally and they chose not to do so.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, I feel like that's a good place to end it. Let's talk so, about Cam Newton. yeah, let's talk about Cam Newton. Do either of you want to talk about what he did or do you want me to do it?
2: I can do it. Basically, Cam Newton, a player in the NFL, after a press conference, a female reporter is asking him a question about routes and he. I believe he like scoffed or laughed, and he was like, wow, you normally don't see a female asking about routes. I only saw the one clip, so I don't know how the rest of the press conference continued. But he immediately got a lot of backlash. He lost sponsors. He, lo- Dana no longer sponsors him. And he was trying to basically say that that's not what he meant. It was a joke. It's not a big deal. But a lot of people have reacted really strongly to it.
0: Mm-hmm. We did watch his apology, and at least I felt that it was a pretty decent apology. I felt like he did a pretty good job, you know, like, showing that he actually did yeah. regret what he said. As far as
2: apologies ago, go, though, I was, like, I was pretty worked up about this when it happened, but I, when I watched the apology video, I was, like, okay, if mm-hmm. there was an apology to be said after this, this is what it should have been. Yeah, I felt like
1: he genuinely, like,
2: learned from genu- it. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think that he did have a genuine, like, apology. He recognized that he made that mistake and was willing to, like, I don't, not even fess up about it, but to, like, say that he did, like, some background information or, like, research. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I thought that it was an overreaction, and I'm not saying that there wasn't something wrong with what he said, and I'm not saying that, like, your instinctual reaction doesn't, like, it shouldn't exempt you from the, I don't know, the reality of your consequences, but I did think there was a little overreaction. For
2: yeah, me, at least, there's two parts of it for me. There's the fact that this was a professional journalist trying to do her job and the assumption, and they were surprised at the fact that she was prepared for this interview and she knew something about it which as a female reporter it has happened to me a lot in different interviews so like, whether I'm doing a science piece, a news piece whatever it is, people will show surprise that I came prepared and knew about this topic area when I'm like, okay it's my job to know this thing, you shouldn't be in the shock that I know it and I don't think he did it maliciously but the fact that that was still but there's still this perception out there that enjoying sports, playing in sports, are inherent, is inherently a male activity. That's the thing that I have a problem with. I don't think that Kim Newton was trying to be malicious and was like, girls can't like sports. But the fact that that was his first reaction speaks a lot to how we think about women sports fans in our society.
0: This does seem important to mention that the journalist in mind had tweeted some racist things in the past and a lot of people were like oh we shouldn't talk about that because we need to focus on cam newton's sexism but i think that we need to remember they're both important issues we need to talk about how she is racist but that don't think cam newton knew that when he said the thing that he did say i don't think that her making a big deal out of it completely like is just because she was racist i think people would have made a big deal about that like, if it was a black female journalist as well. One thing that I did note that, like, you know, maybe it's not entirely true, but like, I, Kim Newton is a black athlete, and I just don't know if the same thing would have happened to a white athlete. That's fair.
1: Yeah, I think that race always tends to play in some kind of facet in some kind of way. Okay. Um, but
0: I'm sorry.
1: Um, isn't yeah. she on, like, leave, or like, she wasn't there for the next press conference or something?
0: Yeah, I'm not really sure. I haven't really followed up on it. I just heard about the original, like, the tweets and what he said. The fact that she's racist, I feel like a racist person should not be covering football just because of how many black people are in it, and you need to have a perspective to understand that, like, you know, there is, like, some racial tensions in football right now, and I feel like being racist is not great for a person covering football.
1: Oh, being racist isn't great for anything? <laughs> yes. Just to, like... Yeah, yeah.
0: Of course, yeah. But like... I, I, g- mean, I give you... you mean, okay. mm-hmm. <laughs> All
2: right, ESPN?
0: Okay, so for people who watched the Cal versus Washington game, they may have noticed this. But ESPN has basically declared a feud with the University of Washington football team. Chris Peterson did an interview where he complained about the start times for a bunch of UW uh, football games because they've been having really late kickoff times, which is hurts the fans who can't get home until late, hurts the players who can't get home until late and they have, like, class soon after and stuff like that. Well, not the next day because they're Saturdays, but they it contributes to lack of sleep and student-athletes already have a lot that they're doing, so it adds a lot more to their plates having these late starts. So Chris Peterson was not a fan. He gave an interview about how he's not a fan. And ESPN took it very personally. They trashed on UW for, like, Almost their entire broadcast. They brought out a bunch of cupcakes to show how weak their non-conference opponents were. Even though we played one of the same teams that Alabama did.
1: Wait. So what were the cupcakes? I was confused. Like,
0: what was the cupcake situation? Yeah,
1: I was also very
2: confused by the cupcakes.
0: It's because we played some like not great teams. Like we played some pretty easy teams, and the fact that you know we beat them really easily. Well, Uh, we didn't beat.
2: Is it like it was a cakewalk?
0: Yes. Mm Yeah, <laughs> I
2: got it. Yeah, yeah so I just, but I don't know that much about the politics of football timing. So, mm-hmm.
0: like, was it a joke or was it some? I was it serious? They took it very personally. The fact that Chris Peterson isn't thrilled about this, and I feel like that was pretty immature of them.
2: Yeah,
0: like, and they literally said, "You should just be a lot happy." A of immaturity
2: mm-hmm. going on at ESPN right now. <laughs> yeah,
1: but people love conflict. I mean, I bet football fans are eating this up.
0: But they literally did say, like, they should be happy we're broadcasting them at all. It's their job to broadcast college football. It's their job to broadcast a team that is doing as well as we are. With a team as well as we are, like, it's not fair to the athletes, not fair to the fans, like, that, you know, we have to be up this late and that no one on the East Coast is watching our games because it's, like, 1 a.m. We're playing and they're all, like, asleep that is not great for you know people like Bryce Love who's like a Heisman contender like no one's gonna see his plays if they're asleep and that's why people on the east coast win more Heismans than people on the west coast. Just because of the time? Yeah because of the you time difference. do think that if
1: they're such a great player that they just like transcend time and people hear they about transcend it? Time.
0: Well people won't watch their entire games. I mean people on the west coast like you know if they're really really good they'll still win like people from stanford still win people from usc still win it's just uh, people are more aware of how people on the east coast are playing just because their games are at times that people watch
2: i mean that makes sense but i don't personally see the big deal You football fans don't hate me but i i i second that i tried to i was trying to read about it earlier and i was just kind of like i can't get myself worked up about this
0: Mm mm-hmm I think it's just it really hurts the players cuz they have to be up like super late but it is a Saturday. So I'm like, ah.
2: yeah, I don't really care that much. It's <laughs> a commitment. It's I mean, more fired up the Buccaneers.
0: Mm. Yeah. And then you wanted to talk about the NBA All-Star game. Do you want to introduce mm-hmm. that? So the mm-hmm. NBA
1: All-Star game is like February 18th. It's in LA, and basically, I guess they're switching up some of the rules, and I guess one of the things I wanted to highlight was that the donations from the game are actually now gonna go to um, like an L.A. charity so they get to pick which one they go to and then once again you can like um, nominate the captains and like the coast gets picked two weeks before but I just think that it's awesome that I don't know they're doing something for the L.A. community and Mm -hmm. hopefully it'll be spread to more than just the L.A. community and like I don't know, just helping people, and I think that's
0: awesome. Yeah, I think that it's good that they're trying to help the community that they're in, because I know for the NHL All-Star Game, the money for it just goes to the NHL. That's great, and all people in the NHL already make a lot of money. People who do not need
2: more.
0: Yeah, and I think helping the community is something that's going to be really positive.
2: On the money thing for a second, back to Cam Newton for one moment. People were really pissed that that Danon took away their sponsorship. But we're talking about such large amounts of money that, like, I can't get that worked up about this man who's making millions of dollars a year losing a sponsor, like, one sponsorship.
1: I think it was maybe less about the money aspect and more of just, like, was it serious enough that they had to pull the sponsorship? That I people think were... it
2: was, but... <laughs> I mean, all he's doing is eating yogurt. Thank you for listening to another episode of Play Like a Girl. You can follow along with us on Twitter. Our handle is at UW Play Like a Girl. Thanks for listening. I'm Aiden Walker. And I'm Blake Peterson. Together, we host a podcast called Cinema Adventure, where we discuss movies with important guests, talk about their favorite movies, and recommend movies that you may have never heard of before. So join us every other Monday on the SoundBite Network so we can film you in.
0: Uh, Wasn't that good? uh, It was really good. It's a good pun, isn't
2: it?